Welcome to Bottoms on Top. I'm Prakash. And I'm Andreas. And we're happy to have you. Well, listeners, this is episode two of season five. And <laughs> we had some technical difficulties this morning. We did. Apparently, our usual studio is flooded. Yes. Uh, this is breaking news from Bottoms on Top. <laughs> Kelly Ryder's house flooded on Friday, February 15th. <laughs> You heard it here first. We bought the story. We're breaking it to you. <laughs> breaking news from us. <laughs> so today we're recording in Van Pelt. So if things sound different, it's because they are. Prakash, how have you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. Well, very recently I've been V-good because we won third place in Quiz Hose this past Wednesday. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So... We've talked about Quiz Hose on the show before, but yes, for those yes. who don't know, maybe you're just tuning in, Quiz Hose is this great event at Kung Fu Necktie hosted by a friend of the podcast, Kevin, where it's basically like Quizzo, but with pop divas. So it's questions about Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Beyonce. You have to guess music videos, guess song snippets, and it's just such a fun night. There's cheap drinks, and you win these amazing prizes. Prakash is wearing a prize today. Yes, I'm wearing an S&M Diva very proudly right now. Um, but that was the highlight of my week. Same, because we came in third place. We came in third place. Which is really hard. There were like eight teams, and the top three teams win a plethora of prizes. Yes, we got a lot of now that's what I call music number two gear, I want to yes. say. Like the second CD in that we got series. thongs with Marine and the Diamonds on them. And art pop. Yes. I have an art pop thong for all who are curious. And Nicki Minaj pillow. Mm. It was it was a lot of fun. Really out here looking like a Q-tip. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Q-tip. <laughs> but it's cute. We love it. <laughs> Beautiful prizes. Big shout out to Kevin for hosting such a lovely event every two months. And yeah, look out for the event, y'all. It's at Kung Fu Necktie. It happens every two months. Period. Period. Aside from Quizzos this week, though, there was another event, Prakash, that you were a big part of creating. Yes, I was reading some poetry at a queer and trans-focused poetry reading uh, that takes place bi-monthly. It's called You Can't Kill a Poet, um, run by this amazing person, Boston, Boston Gordon. Um, they've been kind of like the big voice for like queer poetry in Philadelphia. Um, it takes place at Tattooed Mom, which also like low-key huge shout out to Tattooed Mom because they gave me free drinks all night for reading. Oh, beautiful. So I was like out here and I don't know if you've ever been but they got drinks like there's one called like the Pop Rock. It's like the Pop Rocket. Yes. Wait, the Tattooed Pop Mom Rocket. is the bar that has like lollipops. It looks like Pie right? Lamb. It looks like Pie Lamb. Yeah. Do they have, yeah. they have lollipops like lying around? Yes. Or is, okay, yes. yeah. Yes. Love it. Yes. Like very strong aesthetics, right? And they have these drinks, like one of them was like the Pop Rocket, and every time you take a sip, you get like Pop Rocks, like that burst up in your mouth. It, oh, that's amazing. It was it was such an evening, but big shout out to Boston, big shout out to this community. Y'all should definitely check this space out because it's just a bunch of people being safe, being them, and being funny and authentic. We love it. For those of y'all who don't know, every year the DP changes like executive staff. And we have a brand new podcast editor, Mr. Sam Mitchell. Welcome on Bottoms on Top, Sam. Thanks. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. 
And this isn't the first DP podcast you've been on, is it? It is not. I uh, also host The Penalty Box, which is the DP sports podcast and is a lot of fun. We talk about all kinds of pen sports, some national sports. Uh, I co-hosted previously with Mark and Carter. Now it's uh, Carter, William, and I. Um, we're all writers for DP Sports. Well, I, now I'm podcast editor, obviously, but I was historically a writer for DP Sports. And um, it's a really good time. We have on guests. We give out awards. We compete with each other and make fun of each other. It's a, it's a lovely time. What do you have planned for DP Podcast this year? It seems like it's a big year. You have a lot. You have more podcasts on your plate than I think any other DP Podcast editor has ever had. Correct? Totally. Um, it's a very exciting time in DP Podcasts. We obviously the Penalty Box is going to keep going as long as they keep being sports. Bombs on top will keep going as long as queer people still exist, which will be forever. Um, we have Positively Pen, which just dropped their second episode. Um, super cool interview show about trying to put like a positive spin on Penn's campus where we often get into the negativity. We have the Trillist, where Sia is setting up pe- people on blind dates. The first time they ever meet each other, lock eyes with each other, there are mics in front of them and you can listen to it. So that's super exciting. Um, and we have the talk, which is all about sexual health. But as far as plans for the coming semester, we're doing a ton. So I know you guys have organized a live show. I don't know, is, is that, has it's that been announced yet? Yes, I know it's, it's happening, been, yes. but I didn't, I didn't want to break it if you hadn't announced it. Oh, yes, it's been announced. Okay, amazing. Um, we're going to, that's not, so you guys organized that. The DP is also going to be hosting, this is maybe a slight premature announcement. We're going to be hosting uh, an event at a bar, not sure which one yet, for several of our podcasts, have a little bit of marketing. We're, um, yeah, we're just trying to make the podcast department, I mean, this is a little bit meta, but like um, behind the scenes, we're trying to make the podcast department more cohesive, get everybody to kind of get to know each other a little bit better and um, make sure we're sharing our institutional knowledge and supporting each other. So that's that's what we got in store for DP Podcasts. Okay. As is tradition, we're going to bring you into the Bottoms on Top family by giving you a little bit of a game. This is Fuck, Marry, Kill. We're going to give you three names. You get to choose which of the three individuals, identities, personalities you want to fuck, marry, and kill. We're going to start with three past DP board members. One, David Axt, former president. Two, Rebecca Tan. And three, Jonathan Pollock. Go. Yeah, um, very excited for this game. So this is really, really easy, though, for me. Um, right off the bat, definitely marrying Reb Tan. Uh, she was the executive editor for the DP. She has worked at Vox. She's an incredibly talented person, very driven. Um, and yeah, anybody would be lucky to marry her. So if you are interested in trying to get a date with Reb Tan, email podcast at the DP.com. <laughs> um, be lucky to marry her. Um, next, I think fuck David Axt, the president, former president of the DP. Um, he's very funny. People may know formerly UTB editor-in-chief, still writing for UTB. Very funny guy. That's important to me. Um, also tall, which is important. Period. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I'm sorry, Pollock. He was my uh, 
editor. He was the senior sports editor. He was my editor when I first, not, well, not when I first got to Penn because that was William Snow, but for um, some formative semesters for me early in my time at Penn. But uh, he also traded me away uh, during the Cayman Cup, which is our annual football game, because I left sports for podcasts. So goodbye. Oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Some retribution. <laughs> wow, you heard it here, girls. <laughs> we have revenge on bottoms on top. Whew. We got revenge and matchmaking. What else y'all need? <laughs> so these are bottoms on top staff or former hosts who are not in the room at the moment. So John Holmes and Ian Jong, former bottoms on top hosts, or Sammy Gordon, our executive creative consultant. Fuck, Mary, kill. Yeah, um, I never had the good fortune to meet Ian, actually. He's going to be killed. Period. <laughs> it's just easier when it's somebody that you don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then I think uh, fuck Sammy Gordon and marry John Holmes. Um, because as I said with David Axt, John Holmes is one of the funniest people on the internet. His Twitter feed if you haven't seen it, is incredible. I mean, bar none. And honestly, I feel like he has, and not knocking Sammy here, um, but I think John has the uh, taste and style to help design a beautiful home with me, and I would love to marry him. That was so poetic. <laughs> and I was just about to ask you what makes a person fuckable funny and Mary funny, but you answered it. <laughs> you answered it. It's taste, class, and style, which allegedly David Axe doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny that. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, and we will have you join us in a moment when we welcome back a longtime friend of the show, Nick, for Silly Faggot Corner. And then after Silly Faggot Corner, we're going to have a conversation with Caroline and Wesley talking about their hometowns, where we come from, and how sometimes we're not all from the big city and what that can look like. Whatever. Welcome back, listeners. So today, after a very long hiatus, we have Nick Joyner back on the show for another episode of Silly Faggot Corner. Hello, Nick. Hello, it's good to be here. Excited and it's to be great back. to have you back. Now that your tenure as editor-in-chief of 34th Street Magazine of the Daily Pennsylvanian Incorporated is over. Friendship with 34th Street over. Relationship with DP co- Podcasts going strong. <laughs> going airplane emoji. <laughs> going DP Podcasts. So I came up with the over-under. It's in the style of the Pitchfork ones. I was watching the Erica Badu one, which was just lovely. If you haven't seen it, you need to go. And yeah, so I just have some phrases, topics. I'll just say it. You say if it's overrated, underrated, why? Try to make it queer themed. Let's start off not that explicit. Actually, let's start off explicit. Uh, Overrated or underrated, Rebecca Moore's Jugs. For those of you who don't know who Rebecca Moore is, she is the blonde bombshell. Destroy us. Exactly. (laughs) She's she's the blonde bombshell from Twitter. Um, Vulgar and hilarious as ever. So we're going to rate her big fat titties underrated i think they're so beautiful especially when she's wearing like little tube dresses and she's constantly pulling them back up because the boobs are literally dragging the dress down (laughs) underrated titties keep them on my timeline i want them forever definitely underrated i'm definitely feeling rebecca moore with her spunk covered titties (laughs) 
that was crazy. Literally, the British are yes. going to jail the for saying spunk. spunk. <laughs> I'm going to have so much spunk. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Definitely underrated. And uh, not just, you know, in, in a physical sense. I also have a strong emotional connection to this because you may not know this, but Sammy Gordon, the illustrious uh, executive creative mm. consultant mm. for this podcast, mm. um, was the one who first introduced me to the Cock Destroyers in uh, the Harnwell First Four Lounge. And ever since then, it's just been an important part of our friendship. So, yeah, definitely underrated. Next up, we have getting called ma'am by the workers at the drive-thru when you give your order. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. Would you like fries with that? I think this is so underrated. <laughs> I love getting called ma'am. I go down to like the local Chick-fil-A back home and they're just like, ma'am, what sauce would you like with that? And I'm like, Chick-fil-A sauce, thank you. It's barbecue. I'm going to say overrated. I don't know. <gasps> Period. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's okay, but just a little overrated. I mean, it's funny, but not that funny. <laughs> No shade to your earlier tweet, Nick. Does it hurt? <laughs> it hurt it. Did that we... shit hurt it. <laughs> I see we struck a chord. <laughs> no, no, no chord was struck. <laughs> it's just overrated. So this has actually never happened to me. Oh, what's it like not having gay voice? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, I um just never never been called ma'am. I honestly feel a little left out, but so I, I don't know what the so, so do you have I'm any gonna, solution? I'm gonna ideas? I'm gonna say this is a an underrated vote, the underrated carries. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Next up, do we have any SZA listeners here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello. So overrated, underrated. SZA's grandma talking at the end of every song. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 oh. SZA's grandma is a voice from the ethereal. I will not hear any shade. I will not hear any shade about Sizzle's grandmother. Let the records reflect, I just thumbs down. Let the the records reflect that when she was in that music video, she literally came out of the mist. The mist. Let the records reflect that I will always fast forward Sizzle's grandma. (laughs) Period. You're in the- Disrespect. I'll be in the shower. I will hop out, press next. Like Solana then got shit. Boop. Next. (laughs) It's too- Oh, no, we don't need it. We don't need it. It was cute at first. It was cute at first. Uh, I'm going with Prakash. This is a creative genius, and just because y'all don't understand what she's trying to do, uh, that's all. Our loss, I guess. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, she would call me ma'am in the drive-thru every time. (laughs) Or worse. (laughs) Next up, we have... Sitting down to pee. Sitting down to pee is so, so underrated. I think it is the best way to pee. It's more comfortable. Um, my uncle said it's better for your body. I have no facts to back that up, but we're just gonna go with it. Underrated, done. Y'all ever seen a squatty potty? Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think that shit's the most underrated shit in the world. Have you ever used a squatty potty? Yes. <laughs> the exit is cleaner it's just cleaner it is cleaner but i think it's just so hard when you have stuff i think my experience was bad i was i was in an airport and i had a suitcase a backpack and a jacket and i was trying to squat and it it wasn't that fun (laughs) (laughs) needless to say 
I will generally say that sitting is definitely underrated, especially as someone who has had to squat, like, over a hole yeah. to go potty. And in, in China, it? literally, that... Yes. Game over. Me, I didn't like, know what me, to like, do. Me like walking into a stall and just seeing like a black pit in the ground and being like, wig, wig. <laughs> Next up, we have urinal dividers. On the topic of bathrooms, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say I love that these ideas are clearly just like a stream of consciousness of you, like literally. what your imagination is providing for us. I had, I had literally an epiphany with a cold brew this morning and I wrote, <laughs> I opened my notes app in Fisher Fine Arts and just went ham. So this is, this is my psychotic break. <laughs> it depends on the setting. I will say underrated everywhere except in gay clubs in Montreal. <laughs> As someone who once... Show that he's a dick pig. <laughs> As someone who once peed at a very fruitful trough, I will say sometimes the dividers are not necessary. She swivels. A, f- <laughs> a fruitful trough. A fruitful trough. Let's just and we're gonna, and next. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna get wholesome. This is that pre gaming with wine. <laughs> I mean, period. Let the records reflect that. I'm about to yeah. do this with Philo tonight, so <laughs> why we go? Yeah, let the records reflect let that I have to give a Linux tonight. Yes. <laughs> um, I will definitely say underrated. I am a big stand of pre-gaming with wine. I think you can go hard with like glasses of Boda Box wine, like, and it's cheap. Like when you get the big boxes, a stand. Pre-gaming with wine, totally, totally underrated. Um, one point of clarification though pre-gaming with red wine overrated do not pre-game with red wine because that shit makes you sleepy or at least me i'm ready to knock the fuck out but white wine please give it to me it's light feels good i'm ready i think definitely underrated especially when you're going with boxed wine because you can easily pick it up bring it with you where you're going and pre-game can turn into the real game also uh not only this this whole red white controversy but specific Francia flavors, definitely check out Andreas wrote an incredible article about how to know what flavor of Franzia you need. Um, <laughs> I definitely checked the amazing work of journalism, the, really um, keeping democracy safe for all of us. We'll talk about your first year at street. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick your poison. Do you want one family related or homosexual related? <laughs> let's do let's do the family related one. Okay, uh, overrated or underrated? Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. I guess, I guess that's homosexual related too. <laughs> All the bottoms in the room just <laughs> exploded. Father's Day. I'm gonna say overrated. Father's Day is the more boring of the Parents' Day holidays. I think. Um, mothers eat that shit up. Fathers be like, thanks for this hand-drawn card that I'm going to leave to rot in the trash can. Thanks for the power drill, son. (laughs) (laughs) Period. (laughs) Mother's Day is better than Father's Day, but love, Dad. (laughs) I don't think I've done Father's Day in, like, ten years, but I still give my my mother Mother's Day gifts, so I'm going to go with a hard overrated. I agree with Prakash. 
Um, definitely appreciate my dad, but he also could not give less of a shit about Father's Day. So um, out here for Mother's Day for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call me back when there's a daddy's day. Don't don't call me back. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that wraps it up because I had too many bathroom related ones and we didn't want to go through them. So I literally had I had like seven I counted on accident. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming in, Nick. Thank you for visiting my corner. Adios. Welcome back, listeners. We're here today with Caroline Burniff and Wesley Sixkiller, and we are going to have a conversation about being from not the city. Welcome. I'm Caroline. I'm a junior here at Penn in nursing. And I'm Wesley. I'm a senior here at Penn studying English. Okay, and do you want to just tell our listeners where you're from? Maybe a little bit about your town if you want to give us some fun facts. So I'm from, I say I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm from a county called Forsyth County, which is a little bit north of Atlanta. And not a fun fact, but a fact about it that it's known for is it was on the Oprah show 30 years ago because they didn't allow people of color to live there till 1987. So that's that on that. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was not going for a fun fact. No, I, that's what we're known for. <laughs> fun is a really broad term, guys. It's subjective. <laughs> yeah, so that's, here I am in Philly. So I'm from Pryor, Oklahoma. I'm about 45 minutes east of Tulsa. So a fun fact about Pryor, Oklahoma, is that Google is now basically taking over the town. Political. (laughs) (laughs) I love how, like, when it gets to small towns, it's either, like, we have this object that no one would have thought existed, or we did something terrible, or someone is doing something terrible to our town. Like, that's just just how it goes. (laughs) Period. So... (laughs) Prakash, I know you're from a relatively small town, correct? Yes, yes, yes. I am from it. It the the town is called Waxhaw, North Carolina. It is like in South Charlotte. Um, and I like to say that I grew up next to a tobacco field because I grew up next to a tobacco field. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite small town stories is that one year the horse pasture that was next to our high school um, accidentally stopped functioning and one of the horses broke out and our principal went out to try to calm this horse that was loose on school grounds and got kicked in the chest by the (laughs) horse so this is the energy that we're bringing to today's podcast listeners (laughs) i'm here today to learn so where we're coming from this conversation let's give some background right there's so much queer life centered in like major urban centers like in the united states and in other countries too But not all of us are from there, and a lot of us move around and stuff. As someone who doesn't fall into that category, I am here to learn from all of you guys today. So maybe we can start a little bit on that note with uh, talking about, was there queer life in your hometown? Um, Do you think, like, when you think back on your hometown and, like, your queer identity, are they they fond memories? Are they not-so-fond memories? What's... What's the balance? You know, let, like, let's take the temperature in the room. Queer life in Oklahoma is non-existent, well, especially in my town. I think uh, more kids started coming out um, in high school the year below me, but my year had, like, none. Um, I actually didn't come out till college. We have no resources. 
um, no sex education. It's, it's it's pretty terrible. For me, I would say actual city of Atlanta is pretty queer. Like mm-hmm. I went to the Pride Festival a couple years in high school, and it's like, like Atlanta has a big queer population, but like my county specifically, there was none, little to none. And um, like I probably knew all the like queer people in high school, and there was like five. And um, yeah, it was pretty like the main people at our school, like the popular kids were like the like Christian conservative kids. Right. So like they went to the same church group. We all knew it. Young life. Let's yeah. go. Young life. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So Andres is over here like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, where? <laughs> like, the popular girls in my school got pregnant, honey. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can be part of the Christian Young Life group and get pregnant, right? Did they? They did. They did. They, I know two did. people. I know yes. two people. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, it literally went from, like, the 700 Club to MTV in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel that uh, Queer Life in Waxhaw was, the, was kind of a mix of, of what you two are describing. We had our abstinence-only sex education, mm-hmm. so... Never heard anything about queerness. I just saw a bunch of dicks with syphilis. Like, that was my (laughs) sex education. Um, There was a Pride Festival in Charlotte. Um, It's been growing. I've actually never been to it, which is, you know, one of those things on my bucket list just to see it. Um, And, yeah, like, kids more recently have been, like, more prone to, like, come out in high school, but was not there, was not with it until I got here. Um, So maybe on that note, like, do you think after coming to Penn, like, being from a place where maybe not as many people come to Penn, like, um, and also having this, like, added identity to explore of queerness, like, how do you think, like, being from that small town has, like, influenced where you are now and, like, your journey at Penn? Coming from Oklahoma to Penn, uh, I've actually thought about this question a lot. Um, My backup school was TU, Tulsa University. And I do not think I ever would have come out, like, if I mm. went to a school there. It's only 45 minutes from home, like I said. And I don't, it, it, would, it would be too terrifying, I think. Um, yeah, so I think coming to Penn, where literally only three people from Oklahoma go here, yeah. in our grade anyway, yeah. really allowed me to be who I, who I am. I feel that I, because I know that I'm, like, a hag, but, like, let's start with that (laughs) period (laughs) end of podcast that's it this is a message (laughs) but I feel like I like I identify as like bisexual but I feel like I haven't fully like explored it really yet like I never really explored it much in high school and I feel like I still haven't explored it yet so I don't feel like I'm like that good of a representation of like what it means to like be queer in, or like out and queer in a way yeah my like my college is the backup school like I didn't apply anywhere in Georgia but everywhere else I applied was like in the south so coming here I was kind of I was sh- like kind of shook to see that there was like an LGBT center and like that people were so like accepting of like everything because mm-hmm. I'm used to like people not being accepting of everything so it's just kind of like wild so now that we've kind of established what our hometowns were like, maybe now that, you know, we spent some time at Penn, do you think you would want to, like, go back? Like, do you think you would go back to a place like your hometown? Like, what is that conversation like? Um, and then I'm going to I'm gonna ask a quick follow-up, but I feel like we got some answers. 
point blank. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> uh, um, I, the only way I would go back was t- is to like establish like a queer friendly center within Oklahoma. Right. Like, even like just back home, just to like promote that, go to the school and promote it. And also, the cost of living is so much cheaper in Oklahoma. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's the reason my dad moved to Waxhaw, and I was like, there is not another brown person for like 10 miles. <laughs> What'd you just dump me in? All for affordable housing. Like, <laughs> um, I, I've thought about this a lot, actually, because I came to Penn and I was like, I hate the South. I'm getting out of here. And like a month in, I was like, oh, I kind of miss it. Mm. Like, I like how liberal and diverse it is up here. But I kind of miss just like the culture of the South. There's like Southern hospitality kind of thing. Like I miss the food, the family vibes and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) that's some good shit. I miss. I talk about all the time. I'm like, I love grits. My friends are like, Are you psycho? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, y'all never, y'all never eaten breakfast till you've had like some shrimp and grits. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I um. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna move back to like my county. Like I realize my county is very much like a bubble. Mm-hmm. And now like you either like a lot of people like we all grew up with each other and most of the people like stay there kind of yeah, thing. Same. And I like the actual city of Atlanta, but I feel like I wanna like move and explore more. So I actually am thinking about like Nashville. Like I really Ooh. like Nashville. I'm on yeah. that Casey Musgraves like yeah. train right now. So I like think I'm, like, debating literally between, like, Nashville and New York. Mm. It's, like, two different ends of the spectrum. Right. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I guess kind of launching off the same, like, thought process is um, a lot of times when we talk about queerness, like, in especially in a space like Penn where, like, maybe it's more established or more visible, it's a lot about, you know, others accepting queerness and, like, the degree to which they do that. But I think just as much as that is a part of the conversation, there's a lot of like conversation that needs to happen when we go back to areas like the places we're from, to what extent we're willing to accept people who are learning, right? Because a lot of the people in our hometowns are people who will just, they will not be the LGBT centers of those towns for years and years and years into the future. So like, I feel like I negotiate like where how much I'm supposed to accept like people who just don't accept me, right? A lot when I'm back home. To what extent do you think this is true for you? How do you even begin to navigate that question? It's a hard one. Um, I would say I think about that a lot too, especially whenever the election happened. I I remember it was like <laughs> the election, <laughs> just the <laughs> period. And they like I remember my senior year, like I would think it was, like, a graduation practice everyone had on, like, a Trump shirt. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And, but coming here, like, since I was here, whenever the election, like, actually happened, I remember people were so shook. They were just like, I can't believe there's that many, like, because everyone thinks that, like, all Trump supporters are just, like, rednecks, like, from, like, nowhere. But it's, like, regular middle class people. And so I think, like, like, literally all my high school teachers, like, voted for Trump kind of thing and I know a lot of people I think it has to do with like cancel culture like people are like oh like don't talk to like if someone's a Trump supporter you have to like completely cut them off but like I know for me it's kind of hard since like everyone from my hometown is basically one and like I loved them before that kind of thing 
so like I know specifically like one of my teachers like she's a special ed teacher and she's like the nicest lady like nicest southern lady ever and she's like a huge Trump supporter and she like it's hard to like cut her off in a way and you kind of just have to like accept like parts of them and like you can try to like educate them but like I think it's better to like work around that in a way and like try your best to educate them but it yeah it kind of like causes more trouble to just like completely like cut them off and just like cancel someone I don't know if that made any sense no it did it did since we brought up Trump (laughs) 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 uh it was super difficult for me at first I think it's still difficult for me like even to go back home in that certain situation it's just like if you saw the the results for Oklahoma, not one county went blue in Oklahoma right. during the presidential election. I actually like blocked my father from everything for a time period. Uh, he's still an avid Trump supporter, but like we're getting along better. I still say th- it's very difficult for me to just sit there and take it. Yeah. Um, so I I'm not one to take it. I'm going to argue with them right. to some degree. And I'll be civil about it. I'm not going to, like, yell, but I will argue. Yeah. Okay. Hefty conversation, <laughs> here, y'all. Um, but I was thinking, you know, uh, we could maybe end on a little bit of a lighter note. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just like, yeah, yeah. It's a, when talking about home, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as Prakash said, let's do a fun question. So if you could create a queer bar that had your hometown vibes, like, what would it be? What would you put up on the walls? How would you infuse, like, the two yous in one space, I guess? I would say for mine, I, okay, since I've, like, learned to, like, embrace my southern side, we'd be playing Casey Musgraves, since she's, like, a woke country queen. No Taylor Swift, period. I don't like her. Period. So that's that. But <laughs> um, I would, okay, the drink would be like, there's this brand called Firefly Vodka. That's sweet tea vodka. It's like sweet tea flavored vodka. And you put like, le- if you mix it with like lemonade, it's well, so good. was not aware. <laughs> I want this PG-13 Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Yes. Like, I, I actually went to the place where they make it in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, I went to the place where they made it. A deep stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up and I said hi. A deep stand. From the deep yeah. south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's like literally my life motto. Like I stand everything. Um, so that would be like the drink, and then like, I'd probably like for queerness involved. Like I'd probably like bring Atlanta, like kind of like stuff to there. So like, I don't know anything with Atlanta queer vibes. I don't know what else. <laughs> but oh, on the I guess to like represent my county, I'd put like Vineyard Vines and stuff on the wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> can, can we queer that a bit? Like rainbow yeah. vineyard vibe. Yeah, let me put like a rainbow whale. <laughs> oh my okay. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bottoms on Top with myself, Andreas Pavlu, and me, Prakash Mishra. We'd like to thank our podcast producer, Ali Johnson, our editor and executive creative consultant, Sammy Gordon, Wexler Recording Studio and the Kelly Writers House, Julia Score, who made our cover art, and Andrew Ellis, who created our theme song. Find him on SoundCloud at Dummy Fresh. We love y'all. See you again in two weeks. <laughs>